if everyone likes something, it's probably good, but it probably is absolutely not great. And we need great plans to solve the great problems that we face. Welcome to Insert Human. This is a show that is not for everyone. It's for seekers, people like you, hopefully, who are searching for solutions to your problems, the world's problems, and everything in between. The conversations to come are going to show you how finding the truth of our humanity is the magic key to solving pretty much anything. Between my monologues, my dialogues with brilliant guests, and your good questions, you're going to learn how to insert human into everything, and in doing so, realize a better life and one day a better world. So the title of this monologue is, What's Your Perspective? Let's begin with a question. Do you look backwards or forwards? Is the operating context of your life, your organization, your family, your city, your relationship focused on a compelling picture of the future or the sentimental memories of the past? I've come to believe that any human entity from the individual known as you to the collective known as your motherland is either looking forward or looking back. And if it's not obvious, no entity can get ahead by looking behind. For starters, you can't see where you're going. So my birth family, as much as I love them, looks backwards. They spend more time talking about way back when than they do about the way out there. Elon Musk looks forward. Boy, does he look forward. Google really looks forward. I'm beginning to wonder if Apple still does anymore. As their success becomes the norm and their cash reserves have crossed over $250 billion, is it possible your perspective changes that success breeds rear view viewing? Institutions tend to look backward for wholly different reasons, which is maybe why they're called institutions. And most liberal arts colleges are effectively bundled packages of backward-looking approaches, which is probably why the COVID pandemic economic collapse is predicting and seeing scores and scores of liberal arts schools go out of business. Some cities and countries look backward for sure. Some look forward. I was in Dubai a few years ago couple years ago. If you don't know Dubai, it's one of the seven United Arab Emirates. It's a pretty much fabricated wonder city on the edge of the Arabian Gulf that was founded, I think, in 1830-something, but was really founded when the UAE formed in 1971. Since then, the city has grown from an oil-dependent hamlet of locals to a cosmopolitan metropolis of, I think, over 4 million people. 90% of whom are expats representing over 160 nationalities, and I think there are only 165 countries, so that's pretty crazy. It's a metropolis that has an incredibly diverse economic base, a growing innovation sector, and a commitment to being at the leading edge of pretty much everything. So the question is, how did they get there? Well, buckets of oil money certainly helped, but I think an equally powerful factor was the simple fact that the ruler of Dubai, a guy by the name of His Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, that this guy is fixated on looking forward and on painting bold, compelling pictures that motivate his citizenry to look and move forward too, enabled by buckets of oil money. 
during his time as the ruler of Dubai, and the, he's also the vice president of the UAE, the Sheikh has launched a number of future-facing initiatives, but none are bolder than something he calls Area 2071. And when he was asked to describe it, he said something like the following. It encompasses a national strategy to strengthen the country's reputation and soft power, to ensure that the government revenue is diversified, relying less on oil, to introduce education programs focused on advanced information technology and engineering, and to consistently build Emirati values and ethics for future generations, enhancing the productivity of the national economy and enhancing community cohesion are also important aspects of the project. The real point in that is this. Area 2071 is a compelling, cohesive picture that anyone who cares a whit about the sustainable future health of the UAE generally and Dubai in particular can buy into, can get excited by. And that's powerful juju. And it's juju that is missing in a lot of places, but particularly in the United States right now. I mean, if you think about that statement that I just reeled off, imagine if the United States had an equivalent. Well, we don't. The closest current equivalent we have is the statement, make America great again. Is that forward-looking? I think not. Is that truly compelling? I think not. It is revisionist at best. A not-so-subtle effort to turn back time to the days of Ozzie and Harriet, father knows best, and chickens in every pot. So my question is, can anyone answer what other picture the current administration has in mind for this country? What kind of future society are they after? What role do they see information technology playing? How do they view the importance of education? Do they have a point of view that is bold and motivating to any of us, really? My sense is there is no picture other than the looking backward view. And that's a recipe for going backward. Without a compelling future-oriented holistic picture, it is virtually impossible to bring the masses together, to unite the political parties, to bridge the divide, to get public and private sectors playing together, to create a scenario where the whole stands a chance of being greater than the sum of the parts. A motivating shared picture of our desired future is worth a thousand words and the trillions of dollars in economic growth. No picture, no real progress, no good. It's been interesting to watch Biden's campaign in the last 30 days or so, and they've clearly attached to the words, let's get our soul back as a country. That's a start, but it's not comprehensive enough. It's not specific enough. It's not tangible enough. It's not structured enough. And my hope, my hope first, is that he wins, and second, that he and his team are able to craft a motivating picture of our future that the entire country can get behind. Fundamentally, the leaders of today are letting us down. But it's not just them, you know, it's, it's actually us too. Because too many of us are not asking for a forward-looking path and a bold picture. We are too comfortable kvetching about the need for improvements in discrete areas. We need better schools. We need better accessible health care. We should fix our bridges. Economic equality, inequality is a problem. Racism and racial inequality are very much a problem. And let us not forget the horror of the opioid epidemic. 
But if we want to fix all that, we can't do it simply discreetly. We have to demand a bold, holistic, cohesive, comprehensive, and maybe even radical picture of the whole, a future destination for this country of an integrated, mutually beneficial system where all the players are on the same page, where the individual problems are recognized and treated as connected, and where the bold solutions address or take advantage of that fact. The city of Montreal, oddly enough, I think gets this. A couple years ago, I stumbled upon their strategic plan 2020. And it, it struck me as a completely accessible and yet motivating view of what they want the city to become. A view that includes investing heavily in building capacity and infrastructure to simply do a better job of moving people, employing people, attracting people, and fundamentally leaving visitors who go to Montreal loving Montreal, even if it is absurdly cold. It's a plan that acknowledges the need for a comprehensive, connected set of really bold initiatives that literally and figuratively move the city forward. One tiny example, they've invested millions of dollars in fiber optic infrastructure in a five block radius in downtown Montreal to make it one click easy for visiting arts and entertainment organizations to put on events there. Does your city do that? I think not. Mine does not. I live in Boston. We do not tend to look forward. We prefer the rear view mirror. We still to this day revel in our past we love our history, we love our sports, and we still refer to ourselves as the hub, a term coined apparently in 1858 by Oliver Wendell Holmes. But wait, you say, what about all the innovations in life sciences and the startup scene and the fact that we have more educational firepower than arguably any major city in the world? Well, you're right, we do have that. But what we don't have is a future picture of 21st century Boston that most of us have bought into are excited by, and are marching towards. When the potential of hosting the Olympics 2024 appeared several years back, the pro-faction jumped on the opportunity, claiming it would jumpstart our push into the future. The lead activist, a young man named Corey Dinopoulos, wrote Mayor Marty Walsh with these words, it's time for our city to welcome the Olympic torch to live up to its nickname as the hub of the universe in 2024. No small irony there. Put the historic future-facing view aside, hosting would require investments in infrastructure, fixing our aging transportation system, the oldest in the country, and getting heretofore competitors to become collaborators around a shared task, creating a world-class 21st century city. The against faction won the battle on the back of the argument that it would cost the taxpayers a lot of money. So does that mean we will never invest in our future really because it will cost us a lot of money? Now, there's something called Imagine Boston 2030, which most Bostonians have never heard of, crafted by our current mayor and his team, I think prior to his, right after his first election. Well intended for sure. My issue with the plan is that it's incremental in its approach. It uses the word encourage way too many times, and it really lacks any kind of bold initiatives that say we're going after a big time future. Oh, and there's a zero mention of Boston's place in the world today, competitive context, and the place we want to get to tomorrow. What's wrong with looking at the truly forward-looking cities around the world and borrowing some of their ideas? But even if the plan were an amazing plan, there's still a big miss on the part of the city's leadership. They rarely referred to it. And if it is the plan, 
then every move they make sh should be should be declared within its context. And the majority of the citizenry should get that and embrace it like Dubai. So can a city or a country or anything move from backward looking to forward fixating? I think so. If it feels enough heat and has the leadership guts. Funnily enough, I think France is a good example. And they've had some struggles lately for sure. Most of us would have argued that France has always been a backward looking country, reveling in its history, its culture, its perennial position as tastemakers and creators of all things good looking, gold and delicious. And if you weren't French, or at least French speaking, you were pretty much less than. Remember those days? Well, those days are changing. On a visit to Paris last fall, I met with a number of city leaders and members of the innovation and startup ecosystem. And I came away with a resounding mon dieu and a realization that much of the country, much of the government is doubling down on the future of France as Europe's center of innovation across every industry from aerospace to the arts. No vertical is exempt from this vision and they understand that a rising tide will lift all boats. They are looking forward, arguably for the first time since the French Revolution with little hesitation. So what does it take for a city, state, or nation to look forward? First and foremost, motivation. The leaders and the populace have got to care mightily and believe without equivocation that if you don't look forward with steely conviction, you're pretty much screwed. The shake gets that. The second ingredient is courage. If you don't go big, you might as well go home. Big ideas get people's attention. Big ideas get people excited and big ideas solve problems. Small ideas solve small problems. The third ingredient, assuming we're talking about an entity that includes more than you, is semilateral consensus. In order to bring together the varying views, different disciplines, and sometimes conflicting sets of motivations to craft one picture, one motivating context for all actions, you need agreement. But if you go after deep agreement on every front, you will end up with vanilla. The process will erode the big ideas down to little ones. That's part of the Imagine Boston 2030 problem. It was built on the back of interviews with 15,000, I repeat, 15,000 Boston residences. There's good in that for sure, listening to your customer. There's never bad. No one ever got to a brilliant, bold outcome on the back of a committee, however. If everyone likes something, it's probably good, but it probably is absolutely not great. And we need great plans to solve the great problems that we face. So go after that semilateral consensus. Not unilateral, because that will necessarily require the watering down of the biggest ideas. And while the power of the combined picture once rendered will get the gang further on board, you need a smaller body of brains to serve up the boldness. And again, it needs to be bold if you want any chance of the damn thing resonating and the damn thing working. The reason why Mayor Walsh didn't mention the Imagine Boston plan in his last re-election speech is likely because it does not really resonate with him. He actually forgot about it. So how about your city, state, or nation? Or your organization, for that matter? Are any of these entities so critical to the quality of your life looking forward? Has their leadership painted a compelling picture that you and those around you are excited about? Is it a picture that combines practical aspirations like fixing things with pure aspirations, big ideas that simply would render a more dynamic outcome for all? Is it a plan that you can hold up 
and hold on to, that you can recite from heart and share with careless and consistent abandon? If not, that's the leadership's responsibility and your opportunity. And the more of us who can look forward, who can demand or create compelling pictures and march towards them, the greater the chance that the whole of our world, the whole of our country will end up in a much better place. Thanks for listening today. If you're in search of more opportunities to realize positive change in your life or work, and you find what I have to say helpful, you can always subscribe to my show, check out one of my new salons that are weekly virtual gatherings of like-minded folks. You can read some of my writings or just listen to one of the talks that I've given around the world over the last couple of years. And you can do it all at chriscolbert.com. While you're there, make sure to sign up for my ongoing email updates. When you do, you'll receive a free copy of the first chapter of my about-to-be-published book, Technology is Dead. Again, it's all available at chriscolbert.com. Thanks again for listening today, and I look forward to connecting more in the days ahead.